The return up for Parlo. Leaves it off. Here's Mia Hamm. In the box. The shot. Go. She's got the record. Hey everyone, my name is Sabria Whitaker and I'm the founder of Grow the Game. Erica Piancastelli here, Tokyo 2021 Olympian. This is Carly Jackson, professional goaltender for the Buffalo Buttes. Hey everyone, this is Connor Moore, the social media manager of the Chicago Sky. You are now listening to Women's Sports Matter. Women's Sports Matter. Arike Okunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Welcome to another episode of the Women's Sports Matter Podcast. My name is Grant Dorsey and I am your host. Today, we've got another person on the show. I'm not just here by myself. Got a great guest for you today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. So good morning, everyone. And my favorite moniker, what up, what it is, what's popping. It's your friendly neighborhood, nice guy, KDOT. And I'm so glad to be on the show today with Grant. So thank you for having me. No problem. I'm ready to talk all things women's basketball. I do want to ask you about your pinned tweet. Um, If you don't follow Kevin on Twitter, he has this pinned tweet with the short little video about him wearing a WNBA hoodie and explaining um, basically why he does it. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's so funny how that occurred. Um, I am, you know, in my pretty much volunteer um, realm, a coach for um, our local YMCA. And I was coaching a um, co-ed, uh, you know, boys and girls uh, basketball team at the time. And one thing that struck out to me was when we were, you know, in between games, there was a, a young man that came to me and just kind of talked about um, about me wearing the hoodie uh, in itself. And, you know, they asked me, you know, why, why are you wearing a, why are you wearing a WNBA hoodie? You know, that's supposed to be just for girls. And I explained to him at the time that, it's it's really important for us as men and as boys to represent the WNBA just as much as the NBA represents everyone else um, throughout the entire globe. And the reason why it's important is because we must amplify all people in sports, mainly our women in sports, and more particularly our women in basketball, because they're just as great and they're just as talented. And for me, as a fan of the WNBA, I want to show my support as much as possible. And why not do that by wearing the apparel, wearing the hoodie, wearing the hats, wearing all of the teams. Um, I don't have a particular, you know, diehard favorite team. I mean, I'm from New York, so the Liberty would be kind of by default. Um, but it's just very, very important for us as men to be um, not only allies, but genuine fans and 
let everybody else know that the WNBA is very important. And shout out to, you know, my dear friend, um, Ari Chambers for, uh, for the WNBA is so important um, motto. I love Ari so much. Ugh, she's just the best. I need to get her on this show because, you know, she's really important to the game of women's basketball and, you know, everything that she's done um, with Highlight Her and all that. Um, so thank you for explaining that. I just think it's really interesting that, um, you know, as soon as you go to your Twitter page, that's the first thing that people see. I just love that. Um, so let's talk about the background that you have going on on your Zoom screen, the 9450. Can you tell folks listening at home, you know, what that is all about, how it was created, and um, some of your favorite parts of being a part of that? Yeah, so the 9450 was created about three years ago during the pandemic. Um, of course, Clubhouse was something that was really, really popular um, back in 2020. Um, and I befriended uh, Daniel Artest, who everyone knows as Ron Artest's brother, um, but he also had a 13-year uh, professional career as well um, in one of those clubhouse spaces. And one of the most important things in, one, in that space was bringing up the subject of women's basketball. And we probably talked maybe for hours in um, and hours out on just women's basketball, period. And that was one of the most fun conversations you know, we could have ever had um, just talking basketball. And, you know, the the idea of the 9450 just literally came as kind of like a pin drop um, to our heads, um, basically at the same time, um, as I kind of just talked to him about how much of a fan I was and how much uh, I just really gravitated towards women's basketball versus men's basketball. So as he was obviously a uh, scout player for the uh, 2012 uh, WNBA champion, Indiana Fever, he kind of was curious as to, you know, how to be more involved in amplifying the women's game a little bit more. So we decided to create a little clubhouse room and that little clubhouse room turned out to be um, at the peak of it. I think 1500 people came in that, that one night and, I mean, the who's who of women's basketball, um, journalists, reporters um, were in that space. Um, so it, that conversation kind of sparked the network. And the 9450 came about because we are just two guys that really wanted to focus solely on um, on basketball. We understand that this is a platform that is very important for everybody. But there are certain subjects that people are more inclined to know than others. And our expertise is the basketball. And we wanted to really keep it 9450 because that's all we knew at the time. And as we grew the network, we started to understand beyond the 9450. So we have created this network um, that actually branches out beyond the 9450 as well we have um we have tons of 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 people that are working with us um we've added a um a woman to our uh, mainstay on um, podcast which is keeping it 9450 codenamed wbb uh her name is is lauren um she goes by lolo and just to kind of separate um we know big low from um from Twitter and TikTok. And she's one of the 
brightest stars in in the WNBA right now. Um, but we also have um, Lolo, who is a part of uh, of our group and is our third host for uh, Keeping in Ninety Four Fifty, codenamed WBB. And we also have a slew of other podcasters that works uh, directly with um, different team beats. We have a Mystics beat um, with with Nate. We have a Sparks beat with Ray Ray. We also have a a, 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 a Aces beat with Corey. And we also have uh, 21 titles um, by the name of uh, uh, and, and their podcast is beyond the 9450. So I want to shout out um, all of all of them. Um, and we also have Tanner and Quincy, who does our uh, Connecticut Sun and Atlanta Dream Beat um, for uh, for publication. And one thing that was important to us about the 9450 is um, a lot of it just has to do with the mainstay amplifying the women's game and that's what we that's what we strive to do um we've always been a a part of of this particular women's basketball network that has really embraced us and i will say that there have been some hurdles um there has been tons of um you know tons of dialogue in in us learning how to direct our uh our focus towards women's basketball and most importantly black women in the sport as well um so that's what we try to amplify um and one thing uh, about this network is um everything is everything is about pretty much family it's it's just a network where everybody can you know collaborate and you know be their genuine selves and not try to you know do too much or um uh, try to go with the grain or go against the grain. We just really want to just focus on 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 the hoops and focus on the women that uh, that represents that. So that's how the ninety four fifty started, and you know we've built a pretty good brand. I mean we're we're over forty thousand downloads um, since twenty twenty one. Um, our very first year we amassed ten thousand downloads, and in twenty twenty three we're at uh, over forty thousand downloads. So. It's been a great ride and I'm I'm just enjoying it and, you know, just really um, honing into the space of, of not only podcasting, but journalism and broadcasting. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, my show was also created during the pandemic, so it's crazy um, the amount of people that I have on this show. They're like, oh, like I started in the pandemic or, you know, somewhere around that time because, you know, for me, I was 17 and still in high school. And now I'm a 21 year old who's going to go into their senior year of college. Like it's it's crazy um, how fast time can move and how things can change and how more people are becoming interested in women's basketball in general, not just the WNBA, college hoops as well, maybe uh, European women's basketball as well. Uh, the European championships just happened where Belgium won. I'm a huge Emma Meeson fan, so that was really nice to see. But I want to go back and talk about um, the beat reporting. Is it? Are you still looking for people to do beat reporting? How does that all work? When exactly was that started? I want to learn a little bit more about that. Yeah, so the beat reporting, um, really, we've been doing blogs on and off uh, since we started the network. And as far as the beat reporting is concerned, all is welcome. And our only thing is, if you love women's basketball, 
We don't have to, you know, kind of hold hands or ask you to do anything that you don't want to do um, from a women's basketball standpoint. So we basically created kind of like this questionnaire um, and the questionnaire just requires uh, just a few answers um, on, you know, what are you a fan of? What do you, you know, most desire? What are your goals? And one thing about us is, you know, contractually, we're not, you know, asking you to be obligated to do anything you don't want to do. Um, we're, we're basically a kind of like a, we're not a mainstay, if you will. We're kind of like a farming system. Um, and what we want is we want people to come in and we want to have their creativity be known. And if anyone, you know, of a higher publication see see that and say, listen, you know, I think this this person is, is good for our publication, you know, we're more than happy to say, hey, this is what you want to do. This is where you want to go. We suggest you you follow that dream. Um, and again, I, I stress the the importance of the kind of family dynamic. Uh we we support each other, and that's that's the big thing about the ninety four fifty. Um, we really really try not to step on anyone's toes, um, whether <laughs> unintentionally um, or or intentionally. Like it's really kind of like a family dynamic. So when we brought this on, again the main goal was amplify the women's game, and that's what we want to continue to do. And if you know, beat writers want to come in and say, hey, I want to do some freelance work. You know, we're, we'll welcome you with open arms. Um, And the creativity for you is exactly what you want it to be. Um, So that's the most important thing when it comes to the beat reporting and the beat writing. I'm actually a writer for the local W, which is the New York Liberty beat. Um, and they do they do an amazing job. Um, I have a public uh, I have an actual segment or if you will article piece um in a series that i call chatting on atlantic where i paint the picture of different uh people within the new york liberty space or just the new york space period and i take a i take a walk with them uh on atlantic avenue uh where the barclay center uh hones so i think that from a beat writing standpoint, it's all about the creativity. It's all about what your imagination is um, for, for each team, what you feel about each team, how you feel about each team, and you know what you want to write about. Um, it could be about a profile on, on a player. It could be the team itself. It could be the coach. Um, so it's really more so what your creative uh what your creative is and what your imagination is when it comes to the beat writing. I, first of all, I just want to say, I love the local W. I love that it was created. I know some people that are part of that. So shout out to the local W go follow them on social media. Like they're great for New York women's sports. Um, what you just explained is really great. I love how you have everything set up family oriented, you know, also like, trying to help these people out that really want to go into writing or whatever it is they want to do within women's hoops. I think that's phenomenal um, having that set up. I want to switch gears and talk about college hoops before we talk about the WNBA um, and how 
Well, there's so many different things. There was viewership. There was, I guess, maybe the surprise elimination of South Carolina by Iowa. And then, of course, the infamous Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark battle that, um, in in a sense, went viral. Uh, Can you tell me about the positives and negatives of all this, if if there even is negatives? Um, I could think of one, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so the college basketball season was incredible. And I just want to shout out the committee because the committee, they've done an incredible job in keeping um, everyone abreast of what's going on in college basketball. Um, They also do the the WNBA and, and much respect to them for doing the WNBA. But in my personal opinion, I just love how they break down college basketball Um, and their top 25 every week and their spaces every week. They had kept everyone in tune to what's um, to what was going on in, in college basketball. And I think that was incredible. Now, as far as the positives for, for women's college basketball, I think it was just incredibly uh, phenomenal this year. The ratings obviously skyrocketed. Everyone loves rivals. Everyone loves to create the narrative of rivals. And that's what's the importance of college sports, period. I don't care what sport it is. The rivalry is important. So if you can create a rivalry, then you will get the engagement. And when you get the engagement, you will get the viewership. And when you get the viewership, you will get the dollars. And that's one of the most important things about sports, period. It brings everyone together, whether it's a rivalry, whether it's a friendly, it doesn't matter. It brings everyone together and it creates dialogue from a positive and from a negative perspective. Everyone knows that there's going to be negatives in sports period but most importantly if i were to kind of pick out a negative i would like to see just more uh continuity from a media standpoint um and just amplifying all players within the game um a perfect example everyone knows from a viewership standpoint and from a rating standpoint there's going to be one dynamic player That dynamic player was obviously Caitlin Clark this year. There was no denying the national player of the year. She was just incredibly phenomenal for Iowa. And she did an amazing job. And she can hoop. One thing that sticks out to me is if we can have more equity and more equality from a media uh, coverage standpoint, it would be so much better for the game because that's what creates the better rivalry. And Angel Reese has done an incredible job in doing that this year as well. We didn't know about Angel Reese until really pretty much Angel Reese got to LSU. And we're talking about from a national standpoint. A lot of people who knows Hoop and know uh, Maryland knew that Angel Reese was a problem. And... I think that the whole LSU dynamic this year kind of changed that. And then with the addition of the dynamic freshman, Flaugé Johnson, and the way that she moves from a a business standpoint as well, I think that actually amplified um, LSU a lot more this year as well. And I think if, again, when we talk about from a negative standpoint, it's just coverage. If we can get the adequate coverage for everyone, because obviously Caitlin Clark is there from a bar standpoint, but I feel like Angel Reese is there as well 
from a bar standpoint um, um, as well. So from that standpoint, if we can keep everything abreast to that, a lot of it will take um, take heed. And again, the rivalry will uh, amplify even more. And I'm just excited to see women's basketball at the forefront at the way it is. Yes, it can be better, right? Everyone knows that it can be better. And that's just women's sports period, because even if I sidebar to the, uh, to the NWSL, everyone knows that the NWSL is like skyrocketing in popularity. So um, I want the same for, for women's basketball um, and especially in college. So with that being said, I just think that women's college basketball has taken a, a, a huge leap and statistics wise, you know, women in NIL deals are number two behind the men in football uh, when it comes to the NIL deals um, for the NCAA as a whole. So we know that the coverage is there. We know that people are interested. I just want it to be even more amplified. So if you can amplify it even more, then the equity part of it would solve itself um in my in my personal opinion um and again i am a man talking about what needs to be done in the women's space which i feel is kind of disingenuous because i don't know everything i'm just more of an observer and um and what i what i would like to see but the most important thing is making sure that the women of the of the sport is just incredibly amplified and the equity of the women's game um is is noticed yeah the i think one thing that i really enjoy seeing um is when these teams are really successful the season tickets for iowa they had to pause them um you can honestly say that like if any big player transfers to your school as well as um a husker we just got that uh, a Jordan, I want to, can't remember her last name. It's like Bell or something. I, I don't know how to say it. Um, They had to pause our season tickets for softball. So that was huge for us, getting someone that won two championships with Oklahoma to for her to come to Nebraska is incredible. Um, The power of Caitlin Clark, your game will be sold out regardless if you're at Iowa or whatever sold out both games when she was in Nebraska, which is is pretty cool. I want to say in terms of sellouts, that also increased for the NCAA um, different rounds. I don't know if it was the entire tournament. I don't know if it was like 75% of the tournament, but I know that it was up from last year's tournament. And um, the power of NIL, which has been just crazy to watch, as a fan, all these different organizations and corporations just giving these players money and saying, you know, promote our product. Um, there is just so much that is happening in this space. There's more people coming in. We we welcome them with open arms, of course. Um, what do you have to say to the people that have started following women's hoops or maybe just women's sports in general? Like, what are some like rules that you've got or just some things that you want to say to people that are just now starting to join the space of women's sports? The women just want to be talked about 
just as much as you talk about the men and whether it's I'll, I'll say it in this way. Everybody knows that the fan is going to have a certain criticism on a player period. Um, as long as you're respectful and I am saying that and taking it with a ton of salt, right? Because sports are sports. People are going to criticize. People are going to hate. People are going to just be people. Um, but to disparage the women's game and say that it's not as competitive, not as fun, not as entertaining as the men's game, to me is asinine. And if you're a new fan into the women's game, I suggest you watch more women's sports because me personally, I think that the competition, I think that the IQ, I think that the sure talent is much better to watch. Um, and to me, being a fan of, of the women's game has always been um, in my forefront. I've, I've been a fan, you know, since I was a a, a little kid. Um, watching the '94 uh, national championship with Sylvia Crawley and um, and Marion Jones of North Carolina, uh, you know, that shot uh, that that took me back. Um, watching Don Staley at Virginia, uh, that took me back. And I'm I'm talking about me being a little kid. I'm I'm four or five years old watching this. Um, on on television and that just did something to me uh when I started getting older and started kind of understanding it a little more it wasn't until the Martin episode where the women's national team uh he he kind of profiled the women's national team and that really took the cake Cheryl Swoops Don Staley Rebecca Lobo um, you know, that that episode right there, that really took it um, took it far for me. And when the WNBA started in 97 and me um, getting introduced to Teresa Weatherspoon, getting introduced to Kim Hampton, getting introduced to Crystal Robinson um, and Rebecca Lobo, Rebecca Lobo, all playing for the New York Liberty and then Lisa Leslie, um, you know, playing for the. Uh, you know, playing for the Los Angeles Sparks. I, I think that was just more um, more of a testament um, for me. So I, I really want to say to the fan, you know, treat the women's game as if you treat any other sport because that's all they want um, as well. All right. Our final topic for today is the WNBA All-Star Game vote. There is one specific thing that I really want to talk about, and it is an outlier in in the voting. I'm talking about player voting. Sabrina Ionescu ranked 19th in player voting, which I was like, whoa, what's going on? I think she's a great player. I don't know if 19 is good. I'm also not in the WNBA, so I don't really know what that means, I guess, from a player standpoint. Um, what do you think of, of that outlier? So it's funny because I'm not the biggest Sabrina Unescu fan, right? However, I do understand that Sabrina Unescu can hoop. So when I see that,
isn't a hate on Sabrina because again, Sabrina is nice. But again, the pressures of what national media does to you. Let's go back to 2020 when she was at Oregon. Everyone hyped up Sabrina UNESCO. So that was that was the most important thing, right? And she had some injuries coming in uh to the New York Liberty. Understood. This year she had um proclaimed to be fully healthy and she has had phenomenal games. Only player to score 30 plus points, seven plus rebounds, seven plus assists, two plus, you know, steals, whatever um, in a game, right? But it's also a consistency factor. She had that phenomenal stat in uh in Atlanta uh the other night, turns around uh last night against Connecticut and pretty much didn't you know, I don't I don't even think she scored uh 10 points. So when it comes to consistency, I think the players are looking at that exactly. Yes, you are a phenomenal player. We're not going to take anything away from you. But are you doing it on a nightly basis compared to your peers? And when I say that, I'm talking about, and even though this isn't um, an efficiency thing, we're talking about compared to players like Enrique Agumbawale, compared to a player like Alicia Gray, Ryan Howard, um, compared to players like, um, even even Jewel Lloyd, you know, these type of players who are on a night in and night out basis, giving you averages of 19 and a half points, 21 and a half points, 24.5 points per game, stuff like that. And from a player standpoint, I understand it. Now, from a fan standpoint, she ranked six. That in in everybody loves Sabrina Unescu. So that's more than than fine. That's more than capable. But I'm thinking from a player standpoint, and I'm just looking at it from just the overall onus of the game and me being a, a coach and um and, and an analytics guy myself. When you look at those inconsistencies and look at her her box scores from a night in to night out basis and her win-loss, win shares percentages, we want to see consistency there so that's where that comes from and to me um i don't think it's um asinine i don't think it's it's crazy it's just from a player standpoint because again we see from a fan standpoint they don't think that they think that she's incredible she's a top 10 player she she deserves to be a starter in the all-star game right and and things like that um but I think just from a player standpoint, they're looking at it from a consistency basis as opposed to just the overall wow factor. Totally get it. I am a huge UNESCO fan. I actually have her jersey. Um, I only own two WNBA jerseys. One of them's UNESCO. The other one's Candace Parker, Chicago Sky. Um, <laughs> so at least I can wear one of them and say, hey, this player's still on the team. Yeah. But um, yeah, consistency always especially for an all-star game you know it, people love her she's gonna get voted in kind of like brianna stewart asia wilson type deal um just one of those players who are relatively loved by everyone that watches the league so to wrap things up i want to do rapid fire with you greatest of all time the five positions this may oh, start wow. some some conflict so from listeners hmm, let me let me all right let me let me get my bag right quick all right the greatest of all time for me um and i'm gonna go i'm i'm really going old school with it so at point guard i'm going cynthia cooper 
My two guard, I'm going Cheryl Swoops. Oh, I love Cheryl Swoops. My three, this is going to be a surprise to everyone. I'm going Tamika Catchings. My four, I'm going Candace Parker. And then my five, I'm going with the incomparable Lisa Leslie. Those well are my goals. Those are my goats. <laughs> I feel like I'm a little too young to talk about to talk about goats. <laughs> um was not around when the league started. So I don't really know a lot about um, you know, the first generation of, of WNBA players. Um, I started watching the WNBA when I was in like elementary school, went to a sky game for camp day which today happens to be the sky's camp day yep. and sky guy's <laughs> birthday at the yep. day of recording which is june 28th everybody <laughs> um but Knot, thank you for coming on today's show i really appreciate it tell the folks listening where they can follow you and all that other great stuff absolutely so you all can find you can find me on twitter and instagram at k.lu 3h you can also follow the 9450 on instagram at the 9450 wbb and on twitter at the 9450 um just want to give a shout out to everybody who supported us um thank you grant um for for having me on and i just want to shout everybody out um you know i'm just the the nicest guy in the world i don't have a hate bone in my body so um just peace and love to everyone and blessings to everyone as well thank you again for coming on the show time for my outro guys if you want to follow me on social media guess what you can i'm on so many different places i'm just gonna run through them as fast as i can jk i'll take my time twitter it's at w sports matter instagram facebook tiktok youtube they're all titled women's sports matter there's a bunch of great links in the description. we got some resources for you. Register to vote. NAMI, Trevor Project, all of the different websites to the Players Association. So WNBA, NWSL, and the PHF. All those are linked down below. Let's see what else is going on. Watch the W. I guess I'll, I'll shout that out. Watch the W. And if you're in Las Vegas, go to the All-Star Game. I had the immense immense opportunity to go to the all-star game last year it was phenomenal so if you can i suggest you go check it out that's all for me today special thanks to kevin for coming on the show thank you all for listening so much it's been a pleasure as always my name is grant dorsey i'm the host of women's sports matter i'll see you next week with another episode that's all folks see you next time bye <laughs>